This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The IDP Pros Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest prices guaranteed. Use the promo code SGPN for $20 off. Once again, that's GameTime at GameTime.co. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football game. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code SGP. The IDP Pro Players Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers in professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here's your veteran, infamous No Dirty O in season and senior IDP pros, Johnny the Greek and Gary, the IDP tipster, coming off the edge as always with their deepest standard league NFL defensive takes. Welcome back to the IDP Pros Podcast. My name is Johnny the Greek. Tonight, Gary's got the night off, but I have a very special guest. I am joined with Axton Harding of IDPGuys.org. You can find him at Harding underscore three on Twitter. Axton, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well, man. Trying to keep up and you know get a, stay ahead with all the news and, and get my teams finalized, make those, send out those last trades and, and whatnot before the season gets started. So I'm, I'm here for it all. How are you doing? We got uh, a lot of drafts that are finishing up. The season's less than two weeks away. Uh, Last preseason games are happening. Things are moving quick. How about you? You got any drafts left or or things pretty much ready to roll? All my home leagues uh, actually started last weekend. uh, And I have one every weekend until the season starts. So I have one this weekend, one next weekend. And I think that might be it as far as my home leagues. So yeah, I've got a, I got a couple left, and I have another one that somebody has acted like they wanted to con me into it. They they said they were going to invite me or whatever, but I wasn't really holding my breath. Honestly, I wouldn't hurt my feelings. I'm I'm going to have my hands full anyways. So, uh, how many best balls are you in now? Oh God, it's it's got to be over forty best balls. No, uh, sure. Oh, yeah. So it's like 40 best balls, eight Yahoo redraft, like a good 20 sleeper, a good 10 MFL. Uh, it's it's not good. It's not I don't know good. how you do it. I, I have only like, what, three <laughs> dynasty? <laughs> three dynasty, and I counted like eight redraft, and then, I mean, a handful of best balls. I didn't really get into best ball until like midway through their offseason. Then I really started kind of hopping in more of those. Uh, that the IDP show guys are, are hosting. So, uh, nice. but even with this amount, I'm, I'm, I'm already nervous that I'm not going to be able to keep up with it all. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, you'll be good, man. It's all about having a schedule and uh, being consistent with it. Like waivers, same time every week. Set your alarms for inactives. Uh, just stay on the schedule. You'll be good. But uh, with all that being said, yeah, we're getting real close to the season. And that means we have some IDP relevant news this week. Actually, some pretty big stories this week. Let's start with the biggest one. Isaiah Simmons traded to the New York Giants. The former first round draft pick of the Arizona Cardinals uh, was kind of teetering on bust-ish territory for a while. Uh, had a little bit of a better season last year, but we had some issues with what position he was going to play, what his responsibilities were. We don't have to worry about that anymore. He's now heading to the Giants. Uh, Axton, thoughts on this? Do you have any interest in Isaiah Simmons as a Giant? Uh, probably, it will, he will probably end up being more lucrative as far as fantasy is concerned, uh, just because of the the amount of need they have for a guy like him. Uh, I mean, there's tons of DBs in Arizona. Uh, you got Kaiser White, and it sounds like they're throwing in uh, another couple of guys for that LB2 role. So, you know, they kind of seem like they already had their minds made up at this point, and the Giants could really use that help at the linebacker position next to Okereke. And then, you know, after losing Julian Love, they didn't really pick up much of anything as far as the defensive backs are concerned, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And they were kind of going to go in with Pinnock, which, I mean, yeah, he's kind of had decent camps, but, you know, who knows what that's going to turn into when it comes down to, you know, first team reps in a game time situation. So I think he's definitely a valuable add for them. And I think he kind of gets a little bit of a bump up uh, with this move, in my opinion. To what extent, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's just kind of going to be a wait and see to see how he actually is utilized in this defense. Is he really going to play both? the defensive back and the LB role after he kind of made it clear that he was done playing linebacker, you know, that kind of seems to go away from the, the whole point of where he was trying to head in Arizona. So we'll see how it plays out. I think nonetheless, he's going to be in for a lot of, a lot of snaps and plenty of tackles nonetheless. I think this will probably help him. There were a lot of chefs in the kitchen in Arizona when it comes to tackle competition uh, and just guys there that could make plays and it was a loaded depth chart. The Giants is a little more thin. I, I just want to see where he lands position wise. Him having that DB designation in sleeper was huge, right? Because he was playing a little bit of linebacker too. So that was nice. But uh, like you said, we shall see. So that was the biggest news this week. Some other news, Cowboys in midseason form. Uh, Sam Williams, the defensive end, rookie year last year, promising future, arrested for weapons possession and drug possession. Apparently, this is his second high-speed encounter. The first one was over 100 miles per hour. This one was only 60-something, but it was in a 30-mile-per-hour zone. Not great. We're, we're probably looking at a suspension. Any thoughts on this? Is uh, You're a big Dynasty guy. Do you like Sam Williams? And, and if so, does this ding him a little bit for you? I was more picking him up in the later rounds of my best ball drafts. I was kind of keen on him and Dorrance Armstrong. I think more so Dorrance Armstrong, in my opinion. I just thought that when he did play, he kind of flashed a little bit more. So, you know, I was kind of just in the later rounds, basically free, man. I mean, so either one of them you can really pick up in the late teens or way down there. So uh, I was hit more on Dorrance Armstrong, which kind of seems like it's going to end up panning out, at least for the start of the season. I don't know to what extent a punishment is going to be due for him being a second offense. And I don't know what kind of weight that's going to carry as far as uh, suspensions are concerned. But yeah, I'm not really all that concerned about it. You know, he wasn't going to be a top end 
defensive end, in my opinion. He was just kind of some somebody that was more relevant for your deeper leagues uh, standard. You're really not not really too concerned either way. But it's given this situation as a result, I think Dorrance Armstrong could make his way into fantasy relevance as far as your standard leagues go if he gets soaks up more of those snaps and takes on a bigger rotational role due to this, then I think he could really almost solidify kind of a certain share of the snaps, even potentially when Sam Williams returns. Just kind of got to wait and see, but he definitely takes a bump up. Yep, uh, yep. Gary Jones kind of situation on it. I thought it was funny that he defended Sam Williams. In this case, he said his second offense, you know, he's, he's going slower this time. So I see improvement, you know, to the media. Uh, I thought that was great. But then he turns around and I see something else where – Brandon Cooks took Micah Parsons and somebody else, somebody, some other big name on a small plane somewhere. And over the weekends, I don't know really the context of it all. Almost sounded like he was piloting the plane. I don't know if he's like qualified or anything like that. I didn't, there wasn't like a whole lot on it. It was like a, a sleeper thing that just kind of popped up in the, or something I saw on social media. And, and it was Jerry Jones who said he would like to chastise him for taking their their big name guys all on a small plane together. I, I mean, there wasn't really much more than that. Just the fact that he took them on a small plane together. I I imagine it's too many valuable eggs in one risky basket kind of situation. But I just thought it was kind of weird how he was like defending the whole Sam Williams kind of thing and throwing light on that. And then Brandon Cooks does ultimately nothing wrong in the grand scheme and he kind of takes a little shot at him i guess maybe the veteran presence you need to set an example kind of thing but i don't know i didn't really didn't really quite understand that that flip of tone yeah yeah that's a good point right there jerry's crazy anyone that's uh (laughs) followed jerry jones for a while knows he's batshit crazy um that's that's a really good point yeah the way he was looking at that uh, and I think you got a great point about Darren Armstrong, too. I mean, so defensive line-wise, the breakdown in snaps is going to be Micah and D-Law, Dorrance, uh, excuse me, Demarcus Lawrence, um, you know, as the, the majority guys. But Dorrance was creeping up there last year, man. The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Anyone that's ever had to buy tickets for a sporting event or a concert before knows what a pain it can be. If you've ever had to get those tickets at the last minute, you especially know how stressful that can be. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater needs near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. With Aaron Rodgers in town in New York, I've been looking to go to a Jets game this year, and I use Game Time to get my tickets. Their flash deals are absolutely incredible. I was able to find tickets on the 50-yard line for far less than the other sites I looked at. They've got easy-to-find-and-buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, images of the seat views, and the lowest price guarantee. They also have event cancellation protection and job loss protection forget months of planning in advance game time has deals on tickets right now right up to the day of the event snag your tickets without stress at game time download the game time app create an account and use the promo code sgpn for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code sgpn for twenty dollars off download game time today for last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed you can use promo code cfbx for the college football experience as well head on over to gametime.co today 
The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. August is almost over, and you know what that means. Time is running out for you to draft your fantasy football team on Underdog Fantasy. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. You set it, forget it, and Underdog does the rest. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time, with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs including an absurd $3 million going to the overall winner. Do you have what it takes to win it all? The time is now. The last day to draft your fantasy football team is September 7th. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store to sign up and use the promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. My favorite underdog pick'em for week one is Travis Kelsey over 0.5 receiving touchdowns. Concerned with your gambling or play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We have some relevant news for you. So uh, if the people remember from your interview, you are a Chiefs fan. And <laughs> we've got Chris Jones threatening a holdout until week eight. Man, I was really hoping that they would come to some sort of agreement this week. I, I was hoping that, I mean, I don't think they were too far off. What is it that Aaron Donald's getting paid? Is it mid-30s? Is it really that, is it that much? It's, it's, it's 30, 31, I think. And then uh, the Bosa's, uh, Joey gets like 26, TJ Watt gets 28. Right. I, th- I thought he was up there wanting that Aaron Donald money around 31. And I think the Chiefs' last offer, if I'm not mistaken, was around 25. So in my opinion, you know, if he's as valuable as, as the team says he is and, you know, they keep backing in, in local news, you know, that they, they really want to keep him around and they're going to do everything they can. And I'm almost saying pay the guy. But at the same time, Chris Jones, you really got to you got to work with your team, man. I mean, you, you've had you've had a lot of success. They're willing to pay you. You know, I'm sure even if you sign an extension that these guys would work with you and get you more money in future years, you know, open that space up, you know, start those talks now, do kind of a Saquon Barkley situation, sign for a year, work out the details, you know, come back around next offseason, talk about the next two or three years. But it's really being stingy, man. He's not he's not moving on those numbers. I was hoping maybe they could have met in the middle and given him, you know, in the middle of the road between the Bosa and Aaron Donald money around like 27 and a half or something, I feel like would have been pretty reasonable because in the grand scheme, when it comes down to it, after everybody retires, I don't think Chris Jones is quite going to be in that, in that Aaron Donald realm. I mean, he's going to be up there. He's going to be with, with some of the greats, but I'm not quite seeing that out of him, but kudos to him. If you, you know, you think you're worth that and your, your agent is even urging you to, to hold out and do this stuff and stand your ground. Kudos to you. You know, you can afford it more power to you but i mean it's not really looking great for the team overall we we really need that <laughs> we really need that d line yeah no doubt man and it's and time is ticking we're getting close here and and this the same thing is happening with nick bosa and that's kind of gone a little more under the radar because he's not out on social media making cryptic posts about not showing up for half a season and stuff but both these guys are in the same boat, and and this is a realistic possibility. We we may not have Chris Jones and Nick Bosa to at least start the year, mm-hmm. maybe maybe not half the year, maybe not the whole year, and that would not be great for IDP people. Um, so I mean, I don't know how you're approaching it, but defensive tackle wise, I've kind of been shying away from Chris Jones a little bit in redraft, and uh, man, it's tough to pass up on Nick Bosa in a similar situation. But you might. Might have to start thinking about it. Uh, what have you been doing when these guys come up? 
in all honesty, when it comes down to like those top guys, your Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, I don't know why. I guess early on in the offseason, I, I would pick up any one of them, you know, whichever one fell to me. But it seems like more lately I'm steering away kind of from Bosa. I don't think that is directly due to the contract situation. I'm, I mean, I'm generally not concerned about things like that until it's time to be concerned. And given his kind of situation, I guess I have a good feeling that they're going to end up paying him, that he's not going to skip out a season on what could be a great year for the Stephens. So I'm not really as worried with him. I guess maybe that's because he's he's kind of kept it to himself. But anyways, I'm, me personally, going as we've gone throughout the offseason, I've, I've kind of steered more in the Max Crosby area. You know, I, every every chance that I get, I am I'm scooping him up everywhere. And then when it comes down to Chris Jones, if, if the price is right, you know, early on in the offseason, I was picking him up a little bit more because he's kind of one of those one of those high end defensive tackles that not a lot of people. If you're if you're unless your ADP is kind of lined up with your drafts, like in sleeper, sometimes people will either organize it by ADP or they won't. You know, if it's organized by ADP, he's screaming value right there. So, you know, he kind of goes earlier. But if people have to search for him, he kind of gets forgotten about. You can get a great value on Chris Jones in the middle rounds of, uh, of drafts that don't really organize that kind of make you look through it, some of those degenerate leaks. So I've kind of steered more away as the seasons come closer with all of the, he's kind of putting it out there for the public to kind of see where the situation is. And he's just putting it bluntly. So, I mean, how can you not really take his word for it? If he's not going to play half the season, I'm not really all that interested as we've gotten closer. I've not really been looking to pick him up unless it's just getting ridiculous. You know, you're getting late in the draft. And then, of course, you know, late in the draft, that's excellent value for the second half of the season. Line it up right now as like a DT2 uh, or, you know, even better, like a DT3 in those degenerate leagues. That That's where I'm going to get him. But I'm not taking him as my DT1. I cannot risk having half of a season gone from my DT1. So... I'm with you on that. I'm fading him a little bit. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, last piece of news this week. This one's not really discussion worthy, but Miles Jack uh, retired. So the Eagles linebacker situation has thinned out a little bit. Right now, it looks like Zach Cunningham. We've got Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis also threatening. But uh, we'll know within uh, a week or two here, and we'll figure it out from there. Any any thoughts on this? Do you do you have any interest in any of these second Eagles linebackers? Um, Early in the offseason, I kind of had an interest in Nicholas Morrow, but as the training camps have gone have gone through, hearing what I'm hearing that he's kind of being outperformed by literally anyone else. I mean, the production was kind of was kind of a slippery slope, and you know he wasn't really someone that you wanted as your solid lb2 week in and week out but he put with he's putting up those kind of numbers you know fairly regularly but it he didn't really like light the world on fire on any really given week he was just kind of pretty average you know so it doesn't really surprise me that that he was uh beat out i i mean it does but it doesn't i kind of thought he had it locked in but then they you know uh bring in two other guys and just almost as if like he really wasn't even the plan in the first place. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not really, I don't think that LB2 role is going to be very lucrative in any sense. I think it's going to be kind of, a, again, a slippery slope. I don't think really you're going to have too much reliability come out of that position. There's just too many, too many mouths to feed on, on that defense overall. And I think the LB1, Minakobe Dean is going to be pretty well about the only uh, inside linebacker you're really going to want out there. 
Right, right. I, I like what you're saying there because the, the last time the Eagles LB2 um, like role was really productive, it wasn't the role. It was the guy. It was Alex Singleton because mm-hmm. we, we've seen him go elsewhere and do the same exact thing he did in Philly. Uh, so I think you're right. I think that's the lesser of the two roles by far. The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings. You've waited all year and the time has finally arrived. College football is back and so are the traditions, the tailgates, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. One of my favorite college football bets for Week 0 is Florida Moneyline over Utah. Just love that price right there. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the promo code SGP. New customers Customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code SGP. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. We're also brought to you by the SGP Patreon. Make sure you check out our Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest that has a $1,000 first place prize. The guys just recorded their first Sports Gambling Podcast Stories podcast just for our patrons. This chronicles the birth of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. There's even a Discord channel just for our patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let's move on to the meat of this episode here. So we're going to cover some guys that are likely slash confirmed breakouts this year. Guys that should be in for a great season that did not start last year. So that's the technical definition of a breakout. And let's start with the one everyone's been talking about all offseason in IDP Twitter, Aziz Alshair. So if Axon, if you had to put a like a rating on it, it how much do you trust him this year? Do you think he finishes as an LB one, two, three? Uh, thoughts on Aziz Alshair? Oh man, I'm probably far too high on him. Uh, <laughs> I have been ever since ever the second that he signed with Tennessee, man, I was all over it. And I mean, I, I just kind of think back to it was honestly my first year doing IDP in 2021. I was even able to snag him off of the waiver wire because he filled in for Fred Warner, I believe, that year. And he had, oh, he had a hell of a stretch, man. And and that's even at what I would almost, was he playing the 
the main inside linebacker role, or did Greenlaw slide over that uh, during that uh, time? I, I I don't know, uh, but I can only imagine that he wasn't really expected to to be putting up those uh, LB one numbers, but he did, and consistently he was you know he was really valuable. So I've been looking forward to this all offseason. I would I would imagine, oh, man. I think 20, top twenty is pretty easy for him to get. I think given what he's what he's already done, after like the first few linebackers, it's really open. I think that he could probably hop into the top ten as far as uh, fantasy production goes. The guy's a tackle monster, he's, and he's a great leader on the team. I mean, I think he's going to take control of this defense, and and he's going to. I think he's really going to surprise even what uh, your average fantasy uh, analyst or or manager is going to expect out of him. I like all that. He's in a great situation too. There are there aren't many or any really tackle monsters in Tennessee. Kev, Kevin Biard is fairly consistent as a tackle guy, but that's not his thing. He's a weak winner. He's he's a guy that can you know pick six or force fumble or or a sack or something crazy and win you your week. He's he's had consistent combined tackles, but that's never been his thing. Um, so I feel like Aziz has got a great floor with tackles. And then if we can get some splash plays, we're in for a great season. I'd, I'd call him a man. I'd, I'd, you're right. You are pretty high on him. I'm going to go LB two. I'm going to go LB two. LB two. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I have high hopes, you know, I've been picking him up about everywhere. So maybe I'm a little crazy, but it is what it is. I think either way you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to rely on him and for whatever position you draft him at. So. Right. And the price is right. That's what's nice about him. Not a lot of people know about this, unless you're degenerates like us that have been following this all offseason. So that is a good one to start with. Let's move on to the Falcons. So we've got Caden Ellis that came over in the offseason here. It it would appear that he's going to be the other starting linebacker next to Troy Anderson on the Saints. He came in as a waiver wire linebacker last season, and he was spectacular. Uh, You got the tackles, you got sacks. Uh, he had all kinds of upside from this guy, and he parlayed that into what appears to be a starting gig in Atlanta. I feel like uh, Ellis is going to be very similar to Luvu in his production style. You know, he'll he'll get you the occasional big tackle week, but he's going to have weeks where he has a sack or two or three, and that's going to be awesome uh, to have, especially as like an IDP flex if you can do it, that type of thing. Oh yeah, uh, he's kind of up the, been up there with uh, Aziz Alshair uh, for me doing the. Uh... Uh, waiver wire podcast with Michael last year. Kate Nellis uh, was hot early on uh, in the season, or actually, I think it was midway when he filled in for Pete Werner. Either way, he was he was a hot commodity. I mean, and, and like you said, uh, the guys getting you getting you sacks and and tackle numbers usually, or not usually, uh, oftentimes uh, players will either produce one or the other. You know, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll see if a guy uh, those edge rusher kind of guys that. Some games they, they might rush a little bit more and they really only get you they might get you a sack and a couple of tackles and then other other weeks they might get you around eight, nine, ten tackles. But Caden Ellis, when he filled in last year, he was getting a he was getting a lot of both. He was getting tackle or sacks I mean every other week and he was averaging you right around seven or eight tackles uh during that span. I'm big on him, and especially <clears throat> he's already familiar with. Forget uh, what position is it the defensive coordinator that came over, or is it like a linebacker coach kind of? The defensive coordinator. I've heard that somewhere. Um, yeah, he's already be- familiar. Right, right. So, so it feels like it's just a, it's just you know he slotted right in w- doing what he was doing in New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. 
I would say even a line or a, a linebacking core that probably needs him even more. So, I mean, increase that value all the more. You can kind of take that small sample size, I would imagine, in this case, and kind of almost extrapolate it to some extent, uh, I would imagine. You know, a lot of times you don't want to rely on, you can't really extrapolate small uh, small sample sizes, but he's kind of looking like it's it's about the same role. Right. As, as long as the playing time's there, I think the production's going to be beautiful. So that is an ex- excellent option as well. Hey, everybody. It's Axton Harding here with my co-host Jake Colhagen or IDP Jake on Twitter from the IDP show. And we're here to give you our week one picks for the Dirty O IDP throwdown. The way this is going to kind of work, I'm going to pick four people, one of each of the offensive positions. Jake will do defense, and each week we're just going to pick guys that we think will outperform. Uh, for week one, we're just going to kind of base it off 2022 averages, uh, and anybody that might beat those averages, I get a point, Jake gets a point, and for each one of our picks, if we uh, uh, you know pick, make the right picks, we just kind of tally up our points for the week. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to hand it off to Jake and let him give you all your, his four picks for week one and alternate after that. So. Jake, take it away. Thank you, Axon. Appreciate it. So we're looking at defensive tackle Jonathan Allen of the Washington Commanders going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Very favorable matchup. Had a 13.85 average last last year. Averaged half a sack. In this matchup, we're just looking at him nabbing us a sack and uh, delivering a strong tackle for us. Um, on the other side, uh, we got Jalen Phillips here uh, on the edge position. Again, another favorable matchup in the offensive line situation against the Rams. Phillips, same thing, averaged half a sack last year. We're just trying to top an 11.54 average from 2022. I think we can definitely do it with a guy who was sixth in pressures last season. All wheels up for Jalen Phillips. Then we have linebacker Christian Harris, averaged 11.64 last season. In a new defense with D'Amico Ryans, playing a Ravens team who are looking to run a lot of plays with that new Todd Monken offense. He's going to be someone who's going to rack up a ton of tackles, and I think he's easily going to surpass that 11.64 in week one. Last on the back end of the defense, we got Justin Reed of the Kansas City Chiefs. Sneaky sweet spot usage, right, at 53%. Sweet spot being any of those spots near the, the line of scrimmage, the box like a linebacker uh, playing in the slot or even up on the defensive line. Playing against the Chiefs on opening night, a team that's going to heavily attack the middle of the field with the weapons they have in Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs. I think this is someone who's going to just have a great outing in terms of a solid tackle floor. Um, and I think we even maybe see a little bit of a splash play for him to easily surpass that 8.12 average from last season. Axon, who you got on the offensive side, sir? My first pick here is uh, my quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and go with Dak Prescott against the New York Giants in week one. I think this New York Giants defense, having just recently added Isaiah Simmons from Arizona Cardinals, I think that that is more to fill kind of the defensive back LB hole that they're in desperate need of. I don't know that it's going to be a permanent solution, so I think there's going to be a learning curve for this defense, at least to start the season, because they didn't really add too much in the offseason. Moving on, I'll pick J.K. Dobbins for my running back this week. Average 65 yards a game last season, playing against the Texans in Week 1. That's a pretty weak defensive line overall. They've made, you know, they've got a bunch of young guys in there. I think they've got, it's another team with some uh, uh, some learning to do. I think that J.K. Dobbins being on that run first offense could have a very good week. My wide receiver pick up next, number three, 
is uh, Deontay Johnson going up against the 49ers. A little bit an intriguing situation going up against a solid defense, but the secondary on this defense was was bottom end defending the pass. So they allowed significant points to wide receivers last year, and Deontay Johnson only averaging five receptions for 51 yards and no touchdowns last year, I think. He has a great opportunity. My last pick, tight end Dallas Goddard going up against the Patriots. He averaged four receptions for 58 yards last year and against a rotating linebacking core in New England. I think that he has a good opportunity to maybe take advantage of some mismatches throughout the game. So I think this could be a good one for him. There's week one picks for you, and thanks, everybody, for listening. And, and the next guy on our list is actually the dude that's right next to him. So Troy Anderson coming off his uh, rookie season where he did not play much the first half of the season, but he eventually earned that starting role towards the end of the year. Uh, didn't do a ton with it, but there is some promise here, and he does look like he's going to be a three-down linebacker, which there's always value for that. Availability is the best ability. Thoughts on Mr. Anderson? On Troy Anderson, I am much like kind of what you explained. He he didn't really light the world on fire. I think I'm more like his situation and his opportunity that he's going to have uh, this year more so than I like what he's done. Uh, maybe that improves with, I mean, what kind of, uh, do you remember off the top of your head, what kind of snaps he was getting last year? I imagine a fair amount once he got the role. Yeah. Once he got the role, it was up there. I did. I, I think it might even been a hundred percent. Um, it was up there though. Yeah. Again, just one of those situations. I think I, I'd, I'd be interested at a low end LB two price, taking a shot on him just purely out of the amount of snaps he's going to be getting and, you know, the kind of role he's going to be in. So that's kind of where I'm not really all that excited about him this season. I'm not going out of my way to reach for him uh, like I am the first two. But just kind of one of those, if the price is right, I'll jump on him. Somebody else in any draft that I'm in is probably more high on him than I am, and he doesn't really ever fall to a place where, where I feel comfortable picking him up. I feel like there's too many guys that will be more consistent for me on a week-to-week basis around where he's going. So. I guess I'm kind of out on him, but, you know, the potential's there. You know, the talent's there. Everything's there. It's just we haven't really seen the kind of numbers that we that we really want to out of him. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the thing with all this, right? Like, all of these guys have value. It just depends on how big your league is, how many players you're starting, what the scoring system is, you know, all that stuff. Every single player has value. It just, it just depends. And I think he's definitely going to have value. But ideally, for me, this is like an LB three or four in those uh, sleeper leagues where we're starting four linebackers at 90 B flex. If this is my linebacker three or four in one of those leagues, that's perfect. That's fine. I'll take it. You know, I said LB two. And then I also followed that up with the fact that I never end up picking him up. So, you know, I guess I really haven't ever picked him up to tell where I'm at. So I'm probably right where you're at on him as far as like having him at an LB three or four. If he ever fell that far, I would have, I would have him probably, but he really does never fall that far for me. Unfortunately, we play in leagues with uh, a lot of crazy degenerate sharks, so uh, it is what it is. All right, good stuff there. Let's talk N'Kobe Dean. So uh, Eagles, hopefully, potentially, the LB1 for the Eagles, the heir apparent. Uh, TJ Edwards is gone. Alex Singleton is gone. Uh, You know, they're having trouble filling that LB2 role, so it looks like Dean is the guy. 
I don't know, man. Like we we've been talking about here, we just haven't seen it. We just haven't seen it. We've seen garbage time snaps last year and some preseason action, and that just doesn't tell me what we got here. So I can't call him an LB one. I, I think if we're lucky, he's like an end of LB two. I'll have some shares, but I'm not going out of my way to get them. Uh, what are your thoughts? He's kind of been the same way for me. I, I think just out of sheer curiosity in the talk and what I've like scouting reports and just had so many people really like what he was doing in college and had high expectations for him as early as season, excuse me, his rookie season. So all, all the hype kind of around him really intrigued me and the fact that TJ Edwards had such a successful season in this role last year has me intrigued. You know, I'm not by any means going out of my way every draft to pick him up, but here and there, just in case, you know, uh, since if you do a number of best balls, you kind of got to like switch it up here and there once in a while. And he's kind of one of those guys I don't mind as much taking him a little bit earlier because it's just kind of one of those that like, if you don't go grab him, somebody else will. And if he does pan out, then you you kind of missed out. And he's not like he's going in the first few rounds. I mean, he's kind of got fairly decent value. So if you pick him up a little early, I think you're still picking him up probably as like an LB3. I mean, low end LB2. I, I you know, I, I picked him up as an LB2 oftentimes, but I'm not. Every, every other draft, if he falls to me or something in the right spot, I'm kind of picking him up just out of sheer curiosity. It's like, uh, if he can step in with such a successful defense and really just take off. Yeah, no doubt, man. And and those Georgia defenders that that especially the Eagles have drafted the last couple of years appear to be super talented. I mean, it, legitimately, like, I don't know if you're a college football guy, but their defense won them the last two titles. Their offense was okay at best. Uh, so I don't know, man. Like it, the 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 ceiling is the roof. To to quote Michael Jordan, like this this could be a guy that could push for LB one and maybe even down the road overall LB one. We just haven't seen it yet. So I, I like your take. If he, if he's there, it's worth the stab. It could really really pan out. And I guess the same could kind of be said for Troy Anderson. I'm sure there's some truthers out there that are probably, oh, yeah. You know, if you say that, you know, they're kind of in the same situation. So if you can say that about one, you can say that about other. But then again, you know, they're two totally different defenses, too. You know, it's kind of the same role and the same opportunity and and same things as far as uh, that fantasy aspect goes. But when you're talking about just the sheer defense that surrounds them, I mean, Nicobe Dean he set up so well to succeed. So I think he, all he's got to do is take hold, you know, go and just hold on and go for the ride. Ever notice these days how things have changed with sports entertainment? Suddenly everyone is edgy and they don't mind offending people with offensive words. It's everywhere. Podcasts, to radio, to primetime TV. All I want are NFL defensive player reports. Maybe a quick update on the best streaming corners. And yet I have to hear about the dirty O. That's right. Offensive player discussions and hot takes blocking my path to the sweet, sweet defensive information I need. Bullshit. That was until I found the IDP Pro Players Podcast. And now, unless the IDP Pro's John or Gary mess up, Uh I know I'm not going to be offended by their no dirty O approach. So take my word for it. Catch the Sports Gambling IDP Pro Player Podcast every week and leave the dirty O behind. So if you or someone you know has an IDP degenerate problem, that's terrific. And the fantasy move to make is to go follow a couple of the best veterans in the fantasy football industry. That was on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R-O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. Oh, yeah. Yep, I agree completely. 
All right, next guy on our list here is Robert Spillane, now of the Las Vegas Raiders. He is currently listed as a starter uh, next to Divine Diablo playing weak side linebacker. So so last year what this looked like was the non-LB1 in Las Vegas played 70 80% of snaps a week, and, and there's absolutely some value to that. Shit, Jermaine Pratt plays 70 80% of snaps a week, and the guy's going to get you over 100 combined tackles every single year that's just what he does so there is some value here it just depends where right like so spillane for me is a good idp flex he's a good lb34 in those deeper leagues you know i've never been super impressed with divine diablo and we've seen robert spillane as a starter on pittsburgh before and we've seen him do well so i, I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe a flip-flop there at some point too uh, so, so I'm interested, especially because not a lot of people know about this one. I think for his value, where you pick him up is basically free. You can pick him up as one of your last few linebackers in about any draft. I mean, he, I mean, with regard to like some of these all IDP best balls that were we in one that's like 32 rounds, and at this point, they, there's nobody left at that late. But you know, in your traditional, even your fairly deeper leagues, you can get him for such a great value and. They were talking about giving him the green dot early on in the seat in the offseason. I think didn't he have it at in one of these preseason games? Did he not have it? I, I thought I saw a post. I remember, I remember reading that. Yep, yep. Uh, so I mean, who knows? Not that that's going to have too much significance on his role. I mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But it kind of seems like they were kind of already expecting him to really take a chunk of those snaps coming in. And I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Devon Diablo plays deep as well. Did he not ever have a defensive back designation at all or like play play deeper? For some reason, I thought he was one of those guys that that did play deeper, but uh, I could entirely be wrong. He might have. These sites do crazy things all the time, man. That's entirely possible that that happened at some point. Either way, I think, you know, he like you said, he's, he's spilling. He's been there before. He's put up those numbers, and I think. I think they're going to use him a lot. So for his value, I think he's an incredible, incredible snag. So, I mean, if you can, grab him grab him in all your deeper leagues. Just the last one, throw him at the bottom of your lineup. You might end up starting him in that flex spot, like you were saying. So I, I don't I don't think there's any reason not to take him where he goes and drafts. Yep, no doubt. And it's good to have guys like this, too, because Robert Spillane right now maybe looks a little iffy to you and me, but by week seven, this guy is going to look like prime rib. You know what I mean? Cause, cause our teams yeah. are going to be shattered and annihilated and there's going to be bye weeks up the ass. And we're going to be desperate for anything resembling 80% of snaps a week at linebacker. And this guy is going to look beautiful. So get him now. Worst case scenario, keep him on your bench till then. Cause you will need him at some point. That's for sure. Definitely. He's one of those guys you can leave on the waivers in your standard leagues because right now nobody's, nobody's onto him, but, He's one of, also one of those guys that, you know, if you see him taking off a little early, you can kind of keep that in the back of your mind and, and snag him maybe a week before uh, he gets to that point where you feel like everyone's really going to be, uh, you know, pining after him. So he's kind of a sneaky, sneaky little play there for standard leagues. All right. Next guy on our list is Mr. Brian Asamoah, linebacker, Minnesota Vikings. He is just coming back from a two-week shoulder injury. He just got back into camp at it would appear yesterday, according to this article. So there, there has been some talk of Ivan Pace, the the rookie linebacker, displacing him. This was mostly due to the shoulder injury, from from what I can uh, gander here. 
So there is some question as to, you know, who this other linebacker is going to be here, whether it's Brian Asamoah or Ivan Pace. But assuming it's Asamoah, do you, what kind of interest do you have here? This was an early IDP kind of hype guy in the offseason. And I just, I never really got on the train, but I don't know. I could be swayed. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be the person that sways you, unfortunately. I've had a lot of interest in him. I just not one of those guys I'm I'm going after because of the the early hype in this off season. So many people were on to him. He was going ridiculously early for somebody that we haven't seen come out and put up any kind of numbers, let alone a guy in an LB two role. And he's going as if he's going to be the LB one for Minnesota. Oftentimes, I mean, in several drafts, he's going above Jordan Hicks. And the way I see it, Jordan Hicks is got that role locked in i mean why why wouldn't a veteran who's put up you know reliable numbers and been a solid defender for for this team in the past why wouldn't they just slide him into that eric kendrick's role and just let him lead these uh young guys that are have the talent I've, you know of course asimo is talented you know that that explains uh, a lot of the hype early in the offseason but i think it might be a little too early to tell or to uh, kind of pick him up where he's been going in drafts. So I just let him fall because he's gone way before I feel comfortable picking him up. I wouldn't want him, but maybe LB3, 4, maybe. I mean, that's if he takes the role. I've, I've seen a lot of Ivan Pace hype now, so I don't know. that. Like you said, just probably because SMO's gone, everybody needs something to drool over. So we'll just kind of see how it plays out. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't think SMO's really going to – He's gonna. I don't think he's going to quite live up to the hype that, that people are picking him up at. Yeah, right, right. This is a wait and see for me. I, I just want to see how the week one snaps look, and we'll adjust after that. Should be okay. What good is fantasy football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP pros have you covered on defense, but we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out the 3D Dynasty podcast with Dave and Brad. That's right, the dude, the dork, and the dynasty. And follow that up with Heroes and Villains, featuring Justin Bruni and Andrew Robb. All of the SGPN Fantasy Football podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win your leagues. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium fantasy football content. Next guy, also another uh, bit of a IDP Twitter conundrum lately, uh, Terrell Bernard, linebacker, Buffalo Bills. He is currently listed in the offseason depth chart as a starting linebacker next to Matt Milano. Uh, for me, this one's uh, real simple. We haven't seen it yet. There were three or four guys that had, quote unquote, owned this position over the course of the offseason. And when you've got three or four, you don't have one, right? So if it's not Matt Milano, um, I'm going to wait and see. Uh, what do you think? I think this Buffalo Bills defense is notorious for rotating about almost any position they possibly can. So uh, aside from those those high-value LB middle linebacker positions, maybe a, a defensive end position, and then they still even rotate their ends. So there's past, past Matt Milano's role, you're kind of just rolling the dice, you know. Uh, it's just going to kind of depend. It's going to take, I think, probably a special linebacker to really come in and put up reliable numbers. Even Tremaine Edmonds last year put up decent numbers, but he wasn't anything that was knocking your socks off. So 
in standard size leagues, I'm. I think you. I think it. Uh, that LB two role is just kind of like the last couple of guys that that we've talked about here. They're just guys that you can probably leave on the waivers, but be mindful of them. You know, keep an eye on them, and uh, if you see that they do start popping off early, then you can kind of maybe grab them a week early. And if you are in need at that position, or you can maybe wait on your linebackers a little bit because there's kind of so many guys that in these standard size redraft leagues that you can really wait and see there's so many guys that are going to be on the waiver wire when you're done drafting that will very well come in and, and put up decent numbers for you just one of those guys i'm not really in your standard size leagues probably not going to go ahead and, and pick him up just yet but he could be on the radar at some time at some point this season it, it just kind of depends on on how they deploy him and and if he holds on to the role if they you know rotate it's not looking all that great but if he really snags the role maybe it becomes lucrative this is a good a wait and see slash uh, save him for when you need him type guy right here. Let's talk about Jack Gibbons. So the Titans LB2 situation has been a little bit in flux as well. Uh, this appears to be the flavor of the week. I'm trying to confirm that as we talk here. So the LB2 role itself is not that significant, assuming we see the same thing we saw last year. So, right. so I mean, the LB1 is great. The, the inside linebacker one is great for the Titans. That's going to be very productive. But their second one, if I recall correctly, was like 50 60% of snaps a week. Uh, I, I actually had to play one of those guys last year. I forget which one it was, like Monty Rice or something, uh, mm-hmm. just just because the injury Grim Reaper hit was, was doing a number on me. But... um. Monty Rice did pretty well. I'm, I was surprised that he was overtaken in this LB2 role. I mean, I didn't have – I was interested, but I wasn't really picking up Monty Rice. He, I mean, he's going so late in drafts. You, I mean, he's going to be on waivers if he does pop, but I wasn't really – I didn't have too high hopes for this LB2 position. Like you said, it's not, it's not really that relevant or hasn't been in the past, and I think it's just kind of one of those positions that unless you have – a standout LB2, it's just kind of going to be a roll of the dice, uh, no matter who, who takes the spot. This last guy we're going to talk about, this is, this is actually something that uh, is 100% worth talking about here. So the Cardinals, with the exit of Isaiah Simmons, uh, this opens the door a little bit here. So it, so it would appear to confirm that Kazir White is good to go across the board. But then this maybe opens up another linebacker slot. This maybe opens up another role for someone. And Josh Woods may slot into that. Just kind of a wait and see kind of situation. I, I think I'm probably hands off until I see something happen uh, with that position. It's definitely interesting with the way things have kind of played out in, in an unconventional way. You know, uh, Zayvon Collins went from that having that LB, you know, solid LB spot to moving more to the defensive end and then talks of Isaiah Simmons moving out of that LB role. Uh, so it's really just kind of opened up for, for anybody to take. And I think I think it's a little too early to tell how valuable it is or who takes over. I guess I imagine this is probably the guy that's been slotting in the past few days since, I don't know, I, when was Isaac? Was it yesterday or the day before yeah, that? I think it was yesterday, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're still in the early stages of like trying to figure this thing out. So, I mean, I'm sure they have a few guys that are probably competing for that role, but I imagine he's probably the one that took the, took the snaps today or yesterday. Uh, so, again, it, it's just kind of a wait and see for me. I, I don't think it's really been lucrative enough for me to really just be like, oh, who who's going to be taking this role? You know, I've got to have them on my team. So 
I think we can kind of wait and see on. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Plus, they've got Chris Barnes there, who's been uh, an injury replacement starter in seasons before and has done an okay job. And they drafted Owen uh, Papo in the fifth round. So there's a lot of competition, it would appear, for that other uh, inside linebacker slot. And and that's assuming that they play a lot of uh, 3-4, which is their base defense, which they probably won't. The the NFL doesn't really do 4-3-3-4 anymore. It's mostly nickel dime and schemes with a lot of defensive backs because it's a passing league. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's some possible breakouts for this season. Um, you know, the, the top of the list was great. So definitely grab some of those guys. And uh, Axton, one more time. I know we had you on for the uh, for the interview and all that. But can you tell the people uh, where you're at, what you're doing this season? And uh, the floor is yours. You can find me on Twitter at Harding underscore three. That's kind of where I am most of the time. If I'm not putting out most uh, my own stuff, I'm I'm usually in there retweeting the great content that comes from all the other people I've been so lucky to interact with, uh, such as uh, yourself when I see your cornerback corner and, and you and Gary's podcast and anything like that show up. You know, I'm always reposting it out there, even if there's like a chance that it reaches one person that, that follows me and can use the information that maybe doesn't follow you guys. So. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know if it makes a difference, but, but I always like to support uh, great content when I see it. So uh, like I say, you can find me on Twitter for the most part here and there. I'll, I'll hop on podcasts throughout the season as I, as I get asked. Uh, I'm going to be on a segment actually for you guys. At, during the season, Jake Colhagen and I are going to hop on uh, for a few minutes at the end of each week's pod. We're going to kind of play a fun little game, a little offense versus defense. We'll each pick a few players. At Gary's coined it the dirty O IDP throwdown. So be looking, be looking out for that. It should be, it should be fun. It's kind of just going to be a little, you know, pick the guy who's going to out outperform his projection kind of thing. Just in in general, it's going to be, it's not going to be super competitive or anything. But aside from that, I, I've I've thrown my name in the hat at IDP guys to be a ranker. You know, if they can use me, I'd be I'd be happy to uh, do whatever they need over there. But I think those details are kind of being worked out as we get uh, closer to the season. So we'll just kind of see about that. YouTube and Twitter is kind of where I'm, where I hang out these days. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Well, the future is bright for you, my friend. You already know more about IDP than, than, than I did my first couple of years in. So you're definitely on your way. Things are looking good. And I love that idea for the, uh, for the dirty O uh, IDP throwdown. Which side did you get stuck with offense or defense? Offense. Yeah. Jake is kind of already doing another similar segment. So he's already kind of going to be doing research on a, on a weekly basis with regard to kind of something similar. Uh, yeah, I got stuck with the with their dirty O, unfortunately. So I, I would love to uh, to dabble in and kind of switch it up, but I just think for uh, sim- to keep it simple, we just kind of split it down the middle. One takes offense, one takes defense, rather than you know just make you know add more research for him. Just kind of make it make everybody's life a little easier. But yeah, it should be fun. I'm excited. It, it ought to be a good time. Awesome, man. That's good stuff. Everyone should definitely be tuned in for that. I mean, if you're here, you're going to be tuned in for that because they're, they're going to be on the episode. So uh, too bad either way. All right. Well, that's all we got this week. Gary will be back next week. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Have a good week, everyone. Good luck in those drafts, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Take care.